0: Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com. An online Catholic curriculum provider, there are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400 plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family.
1: Welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek, and we're going to continue and perhaps conclude our conversation on a topic that is tending to be more and more near and dear to our hearts. Right, Mary Lou? Well, <laughs> I'm right. Sure we're living just it. <laughs> care about this, you know, 10 years ago or 30 years ago or, you know, whatever, however long ago, right? But you hear the word aging. Uh, there's a wonderful... Um, A non-denominational teacher called Joyce Meyer. And she actually even wrote a book. She's got some teachings about how to age without getting old. (laughs) You know, isn't it beautiful? That's a great idea, right? Yeah. How to age without getting old. Aging is unavoidable, but quote, the old mindset, I would submit to you, is optional. Right? I totally agree with that. Getting, aging is not avoidable but being old is optional by all the things that we mean by getting old you know like a limited um, limited activities limited movement perhaps limited influence but in fact what we should not underestimate is that if we put ourselves out there if we put ourselves out there let me repeat that if we put ourselves out there there's a way in which especially older people tend to want the world to come to them sometimes it's a temperament thing you know i was related very closely to a couple people who always thought the world had to come to them you know even if they were out of town and they were coming back in town and they didn't tell anybody they were coming back in town somehow people had to know that they were back and they, and get in touch with them that kind of thing but but that's a little a little bit of an immature i think um attitude that kind of puts the burden on other people to reach out, whereas instead as Christians, I would submit to you that the burden is on us to reach out. I don't think Jesus is the, was there in his earthly ministry waiting for people to come to him. He got out, didn't he? He had three years of almost interminable walking around the breadth and the length of Palestine bringing the good word. And if he did it Unless we have some good excuses in terms of illnesses or limited mobility, we too should be putting ourselves out there. And now that we have online capability, you can put yourselves
0: out there online without ever leaving the house. So here's another good point. You know, it's not as if Jesus is not going to use us because we've reached a certain age. All we have to do is go back to scripture to see that. Who did he use in scripture? who was elderly Everybody. Abraham, Sarah, Elizabeth. Moses, um, gosh. Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth and Zechariah.
1: Simeon, Hannah. Yeah. Think about all the cool people. I mean, Simeon's words, now, Lord, you may let your servant go in peace mm-hmm. according to your word, for my eyes have seen your saving grace a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to you people, Israel, it, 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 that he sees when he sees Jesus at the presentation at the temple, have been immortalized in the night prayer in the in the church for millennia. Talk about how, in what way was he irrelevant, right? But he got up that morning. He got himself dressed. He was probably really old, right? Because it says he was very old, right? And he went to the temple Right. He put himself out there. Hannah, too, was quite old. Right. It said that she'd been living in the temple since the days of her widowhood. So a long, 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 long time. But she, too, she got herself up. There was no air conditioning back then. There was no hot running water. There was a, a host of of discomfort more than basically any of us living in, in the modern era would ever have to endure. And they got themselves out there and they went to the temple to see what the Lord was going to do. And that was the day. Just think if Hannah said, I have a headache and my (laughs) hip joint hurts. And, uh, you know, Simeon had said, I'm going to have the gout today. I have to stay home and put my foot up. But in fact, what did he do? And what did she do? They got out there. And as such, they become an integral part of salvation history. Isn't that the coolest thing? It is. That their words are just like, and and even Zechariah, who was an old guy, right? The father of John the Baptist. We know that because Elizabeth was barren. They were getting on in age, and yet she has this miraculous... Um, conception late in life and he's a priest in the temple and he breaks out. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set us free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. What is that? That's the Benedictus. That's what we recite morning prayer in the church. So we begin our day. If you say the Liturgy of the Hours, you begin and end your day with prayers uttered by old people. Talk about how old people are not are not irrelevant. They are very relevant if you if you look at it that way. Right. So we were talking last time about an article by Father Beville Bramwell in the Catholic thing, Uh, discovering God's word as a community is a great antidote for getting old. You may not stop aging but it certainly can help you with your mindset a faithful community that seeks Christian brotherhood and sisterhood under one common father is it 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 means I mean you've experienced it I've experienced it I just cannot you know I I went we went together Mm -hmm. to Louisville the other day and um, we visited uh, the Catholic Way Bible study groups there in Louisville and helped them close out the year and it's always one of the highlights of my of my year is to go and attend various share days you know the the concluding day of a bible study if i can go in person or i was actually able to attend the um share day in baltimore via zoom also yesterday and they have like six different groups in baltimore and i'm just tickled pink by how In a certain sense, these online opportunities have caused uh, people to be able to attend who maybe were not able to attend before. But the idea that um, what we were saying to them is, or actually what they were saying to me was, well, how do we keep this going during the summer? I really need to meet with people. And I'm like, you know what, just because we don't have a Bible study going doesn't mean that you can't find something and uh, motivate a group, you know, continue to meet. Because in a certain sense, group gathering is also, I think, a cure for getting old because you get together right you make an effort you become presentable you're not at home eating you know Cheetos or something you know and devolving as some people tend to do and you just um and you you, you do your thing you know Jesus united those who are around him in their common acceptance of the will of God and the elderly especially people who are retired have time and an overwhelming reason for discovering and living Christian brotherhood and for getting ready I love this, for getting ready for God's dwelling, dwelling with the human race. And there's a quotation from Revelation 21:3: He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will always be with them. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's what that is what we are working towards. That's the mission statement to live in this world, to love, know and serve the Lord, to uh, bring healing and love, and mercy, and grace to the world, as the hands and the heart, and the, the feet of Jesus, and then to pass into eternity. What was it? Remember Father, um, ah, the guy, he's like really loud, and very effective, he even came to Christ the King, I forgot what his name was, he's on the radio a lot, anyway. So, and he's from, from Erie, Pennsylvania? Oh, well, I don't remember where he's from. He's mm-hmm. really like real dynamic, and real loud, and funny, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can't Anyway, he was talking, he was trying to describe what eternity looks like. (laughs) Really? In lay words. He said, you know, eternity is if you have, you know, 14 billion grains of sand and you take each grain of sand by hand, on foot, all the way up Mount Everest, one grain at a time. When you're done With the last of the 14 million grains of sand, I'm paraphrasing obviously, at that point will eternity begin? Trying to give you an idea of how vast eternity is. First of all, eternity is outside of of chronological time, right? Because God is spirit and we will be pure spirit, right? So... God inhabits a place which is outside of the space-time continuum, which means that when we live with Him, we will inhabit a completely different dimension. And it will be eternity. It's what we call eternity. You know, I've been studying the Psalms, uh, writing this study on the Psalms, and there's all these Hebrew words that mean eternal, right? Le'olam is one of them, like, Forever and ever, or from eternity, or uh, eternally, or you know, whatever it's, it's, or for a very, very long time. All these words mean the same thing, they all apply to what will happen on the other side of the veil, and that is what we're preparing for as we age, right? Without too much attention on ourselves on our own bodies obviously to take care of ourselves obviously but remembering also that as you age perhaps you need to set more boundaries you know i know i've experienced that it's hard to set boundaries isn't it that you know you know you t- i tend to just kind of you know accept most things that come down the pike but there is a way a very real way as you get older that you can't do as much as you did before and in some cases that's maybe a blessing You know, it may be a blessing to be able to perhaps slow down and devote a little more time to the things that God has really called you to do as opposed to the things that you've called yourself to do, right? And those who live without boundaries live undisciplined, fruitless lives. So, you know, it's about trying to figure out what we're meant to do as opposed to what we really want to do. You know, sometimes those things will coincide, but as we get older, there's a little less margin Uh, a little less forgiveness in terms of fatigue and joints and and that kind of thing. Right. Have you experienced that, Mary
0: Lou? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, your, your time becomes in a sense more precious because um, you've got to evaluate what, what is the best thing for me to do to be involved in to go. And, um, you know, recently, since <laughs> since my husband died, you know, I'm dispersing some of his things. Mm-hmm. Well, everything that's left over, you know, I have to think about, you know, things that I really do not need. I don't need to replace this. I can yeah. live with less, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not essential. It's really, and I thought all of this was essential, and it's really not. Um, I... Um, had a had a discussion um, or went into my my daughter's um, townhouse. And when I made a move, I I got rid of a lot of things and they went to auction. And lo and behold, when I went into her house and went up to her loft area, there were these pieces of furniture that had gone in the auction that she which I would have given them to her oh wow really but there they were and it was kind of like you know having a piece of of her -hmm. father or that life or that piece that meant something to her Mm -hmm. and it was really it was really quite nice to see that Mm -hmm. because um you know we all we can leave behind are the memories you know what I'm saying the memories of the love and the family and the getting together and even some unpleasant things mm-hmm. but it, that to me kind of stood out as and it really touched me to see these things because I I was ready to part with them I was ready to let them go mm-hmm. but there she was she, was, she wasn't She was ready to let them go so she mm-hmm. purchased them so that she would have those remembrances and it really it was kind of touching and kind of a generational thing mm-hmm. that um, Struck me, and um, I don't know whether I can go over there and look at those things because, you know, um, sometimes it's it's hard because it does bring back such memories. But I, I was just touched by it, mm-hmm. and of course I said to her, "I said I would have given you these things had you said something to me." No, 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 no. I needed to do this, but it was very touching because there were pieces of our lives that we had shared together from the time she was small. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was, um, it was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, as you said, um, part of the aging process is letting go. Yeah. It's letting go of stuff, right? Right. It, and I, I, you know, I try to go through my closet, go through my stuff. I'm constantly trying to give stuff away to my children and that kind of thing, because I realized, especially having been through, um, my grandmother's estate and then my mother's estate. Then in the end, you can't take it with you, you know, in the end, the plates or the, the silver or the crystal or the, the art or whatever that meant so much in the end, it doesn't mean a hill of beans. It does not mean anything. It's the significance that you imbue it with. So, I, you know, I, what I'm saying is don't, I'm not saying don't value things of beauty, obviously, or things that have um, sentimental value, but watch out for sentimentality. Watch out for sentimentality. Sentimentality, I think, is the is the enemy of the good, because sentimentality uh, basically binds you up into certain things. Like, oh, we can never get rid of this because this was my great great grandmother's and this and blah blah blah. Yes, it's good, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's right? A good trip. That yeah. kind of stuff. You know, I was yeah. like, really? And then, and then when you, when they die, you can't even get rid of the stuff. You know, that was supposed to be so amazing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And now, that's happened to my husband, too, you know, going through his mother's estate. It's like, seriously, dude, you know, I want I, w- I would like to be as pared down as possible when my time comes so that I don't have to put my children through all that, you know, how we're going to get rid of all this stuff, you know, which is only stuff in the end. Right. Right right so you know as we as we wound down this pro this 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 series of programs on on aging getting older means obviously we're gonna have to deal with limitations but as i was saying before the best way probably to deal with our limitations our physical limitations perhaps our cognitive limitations is not to resist them but to accept them as god's plan for our life right now not that we have to accept um things that are you know our fault like if you you know, if you never exercise and you have limited motion, well, sorry, honey, that's your fault. But, but if you try and do the best you can and you keep your body the best possible you can and you still have diminishment diminishment limitation because of age, well, it is what it is. And perhaps it's the Lord giving us another avenue of sanctification, you know, of, of knowing that we can't control everything. Amazing, right? You know, when you're 25, you think you can control everything. Well, no. Be willing to ask for help when we need it because that's the interdependence in the community that we were born for, right? And embrace embrace needing others and perhaps being limited as opportunities for sanctification. I would say that's probably a, a very, very good point. And also, as we age, it's also important to see that our value isn't so much in what we do. You know, we live in America where everybody's, you know, the first thing you when you meet somebody, what do you say? What's your name? And then what's the next question? What do you do? You know, what do you do? Or where do you live? Or where do you live? Or what, you know, where did you grow up? But, but the main point is our identity is what's more important than what we do. What we, who we are is more important than what we do. And, and as we get older, we have the, the privilege of being able to slow down long enough to realize that fact that what matters is who we are and not so much what we do. Right. And also we can affect, we have power over our lives. We can alter, let's say, uh, you know, you might know somebody or I know a lot of people in my family who say, well, my problem is anger and that's just the way I've always been. And my father was angry. And my great grandfather, it's just a tendency. It's just a, you know, like that irascibility or I tend to, I tend towards depression or I tend towards uh, getting in a fight with everybody. Or maybe if I, I turn into a, um, I tend towards being quiet or, you know, whatever it is we take, we take on these traits and we think that somehow we will never be able to get rid of them if they're negative traits. But in fact, in Christ, we are new creations, and we can get rid of anything that is a stronghold, anything that's negative. Obviously, don't get, get don't get rid of things that are that are good. Let me close out this show and this series by a little example that we hear from Thomas Aquinas, and that is the study of teleology. Telos in Greek means end or goal. So as we Near our physical end, and we begin our eternity. Uh, and no matter how old you are, that's where you're going, right? Um, let's begin with the end in mind. Begin with the with the goal in mind. What's our goal? Our goal is to be united. With Jesus in heaven and the father and the angels and all the saints and the blessed mother forever and ever with all our loved ones. That's the goal. That's what we were created for. Live in eternity with the father who made us for himself in whom we live and move and have our being. That's the goal. So working backwards from the goal, even in advanced age or even in advanced youth, you know, we should always try to order our lives as to where are we going or where do we hope that we are going? What is our ultimate goal? Is our goal? Right. As we age, let's remember to age with grace, with mercy towards other, with love, with acceptance of God's plans for us, of a u- a proposition to use our, our gain, our, our increased, hopefully increased wisdom and to grow in patience and to grow in holiness and to do and to become the person that God wants us to be. It's never too late. You can age without getting old and you can age with grace and with love. Thank Amen.
0: you. For... Amen. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1000 audio guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow Meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox.